We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, I'm so excited, Maiden Journey on the program, friend of mine yes. from NBA Twitter, one of the best people around the Denver Nuggets, TJ McBride. What's up, man? Thank you for having me on and the gracious introduction. I very much so appreciate it, even if it's a little bit of a lie, but it's okay. No, I'll you're take my go. what I can get out of this. TJ, TJ is <laughs> one of the best around, and if you need anybody... To uh to to cover this NBA Finals, look no further than than this man who knows the Denver Nuggets as well as really anyone this side of Zach Lowe. So, <laughs> TJ, let's listen. Let's just get into it. We did our let's we did it. our preview yesterday with Brady Hawk of Five Reasons, one of the best young writers in America right now covering sports. We kind of previewed what Miami's going to do on offense against Denver. Now let's let's look at what they're going to do on defense because I think really the entire series is going to branch out on how Miami is going to defend the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. TJ, Spo loves to front. We This has yes. been a thing since the Roy Hibbert series. Spo is like, we're always small. He's the, the, the plankton thing from SpongeBob. I, I, I can deny it no longer. <laughs> I'm small. And yes. they've always solved that problem. And you saw a lot against Embiid. Mm-hmm. Front, help, recover, swarm. That does not work against Jokic. No, it does not. It and does especially not. if you, what power forward is going to be starting? Who are you going to put on Jokic to front him? Because if you're doing it with Bam, you're defeating the purpose because you no longer have the rim protection behind you in the first place. So is it Caleb Martin? Are you dusting off Kevin Love? Like, what is the option here? Hayward Highsmith? Like, I, I don't know what the thought process is to try and front like that, to try and put a small on Jokic and create a, you know, levels of bodies for him to get through in order to get to the rim. I don't know if you can do that as the heat then that really is going to put a damper on their optionality going into the series to limit Jokic. they don't have enough buttons to press per se i think they're going to start the matchup straight up i think they're going to start too. bam on Jokic, and i will say Embiid eventually for us and listen everybody knows that i make fun of Embiid relentlessly 
Um, but Embiid, yes, exactly. But Embiid, <laughs> at one point, they could not front him anymore because yeah. they made enough passes. Harden made enough good entry passes where Bam went to Eric Spolstra and said, I want this assignment one-on-one. And what Miami would do is send late help, not early help. They yeah. have Bam one-on-one, fight him off position, and then send late help. And I think they're going to do something similar to Jokic. I think probably Caleb Martin starts. I'd be surprised. And that's going to be something we're going to watch out for because and we'll talk about kind of love in a bit because Spo did mention there's a, there's a space for Kevin Love and Cody Zeller in this series. But to, to keep it on Jokic, I think it's going to be one-on-one coverage with Bam. They're going to shade help from the nail. You know, hopefully it's Jimmy Butler. That's his best spot. Obviously, Denver can manipulate that some. I imagine Jimmy's going to be on Aaron Gordon, who is not the best shooter. And you can, he's the guy I think he's your most comfortable helping off of. Yeah. And I, and I just think they're going to start like that. And they're just going to send kind of late help shade. And they're going to have to hope Jimmy is a demon in the passing lanes to try to force some turnovers or at least make Jokic think a little bit. They're going to have to mix everything up. Where you send the doubles from if yeah. you're going to. Where you're going to send the help from. Are you going to do it two passes away? Or are you going to surprise him one pass away? Are you going to come from a blind spot? Or are you going to try and do it obviously to force him to make a decision quickly? There are so many ways that they're going to have to do it. You will not be able to run the same defensive set more than three times in a row or Jokic will end you. It just He's the best problem solver I've ever seen on a basketball court, including LeBron James. He takes him minutes to realize what the counter is and go for it. And the Jimmy Butler on Aaron Gordon thing is interesting because all the Nuggets are going to do is say, fine, you want to do that? We'll put Aaron Gordon in the corner and we'll let him crash down as an offensive rebounder because yep. then Jimmy Butler won't be able to box out. Then you have to find an extra help that's already coming down. So then Aaron Gordon cuts are going to develop gravity to open up three-pointers for guys like Michael Porter Jr. There's already three counters baked into that strategy for the Nuggets. And this has been the big trend for the Nuggets offense all throughout the postseason. No matter what counter you have, the Nuggets just have more of them there are just more buttons to press there is more optionality there are more punches to be thrown and a lot of these teams that the nuggets have faced have been somewhat hampered whether it's injury whether it's inexperience together whatever it might be they just don't have that level of comfort to be able to do that i can't wait for this series for that reason because eric spolstra is going to pull out some magic. I don't know what it's going to be. He knows more than any of us combined do, and he's going to find something. I just don't know what that is. I've watched every single game for three years of Nuggets and Heat basketball. I went to the Faku Composo film. Like, <laughs> I've seen it all. There's just nothing that I've seen that they can do. And I, I agree with you. I think they're going to start playing Jokic straight up. I think they're going to try and outshoot Denver from three and trade threes for twos. I think that's their only initial starting point that makes sense until things start to evolve throughout the series but i don't know how they're going to be able to do that i really really don't tj can we take a second to appreciate that a lot of these regular season matchups are injured or on either oh, team all of them bro i watched all of them that was an orlando robinson haywood highsmith yes. and and bouye yes. lineup against denver and i was like who and caleb bart looked like crap and i was like who are you yeah. people Oh, and the Nuggets are starting Vlaco Chanchar yes, and yes. Bruce Brown. And it, oh, yeah, they were all a mess. Like, the December game this year was probably the most helpful. Yeah, that was the Because at least Denver, Denver was healthy. Yeah. Um, but, man, Tyler Hero looked rough in that game, getting just targeted once after, you know, one time after another. So that's going to be 
fascinating. There's not a whole lot of film to work from. There's not a whole lot of experience. This Miami Heat team is nothing like a regular season game. They're going to be an entirely different animal in this finals than Denver has ever seen from them. So it, I, I just can't wait to get it going because we can talk about all these things all we want. We need to see how Spolstra is going to adjust. That is going to be the key of this series. I think they're going to do... They're going to show him different looks, like you said, every time. Because, yeah. I, I mean... Every time. I think the best analog is LeBron and Luka, where <laughs> they just... Oh, I, I've seen this twice. I got it. Right. And it's just like, it, it's just quick. Oh, I, I know. I, I, you know, you're not beating because, it, you know, guys like that can shoot, pass, and do all that stuff. It, it's, it's like impossible, especially at the size of Jokic. I, I think the other problem that Jokic presents is in pick and roll because we always, a lot of people think of kind of Jokic at the elbow, Jokic at the high, mid, and low post. But obviously in pick and roll with Jamal Murray as a popper, you know, I think Kevin Love is not does not have the foot speed if they do choose to to opt for Kevin Love on you know cuz a, a lot of people are trying to okay well can we replicate what the Lakers did a little bit which kind mm -hmm. of put Jokic on kilter which would be all right Kevin Love on Jokic bam on Aaron Gordon bam comes to help but the I, I think the problem there is then you just put Kevin Love in pick and roll he has to hard show on Jamal Murray and I just think Jokic as a popper is not something that Miami has like a popping big man is not something that Miami's had to deal with. No disrespect to Al Horford, the Heat were just not caring if he shot threes or yeah. not. And Brooke Lopez, they were letting him shoot all the time. Uh, that was part of the game plan. I, I think that Jokic is a better shooter, and maybe, maybe that would be the game plan. Maybe Miami's like, hey man, if Jokic wants to shoot top of the key threes, that's fine. We'll that that maybe i mean tj it's pick your poison like it is it is but Jokic is shooting let me see here i have it pulled up i mean lopez uh, was a really good shooter 7.4 percent from three just completely abnormal numbers and i think the other problem with that is i think miami's only chance of really keeping up scoring is to be able to outscore them from three you can't give denver open threes if you're trying to trade twos for threes i think yeah. they're gonna need to run him off That's actually a good and try point. and get him into that mid-range that deep mid-range in order to have the math problem work for them because i don't know how else they can do it and, you know the one thing we haven't talked about that i'm sure we're going to get to is how they're if, they're if miami will be able to play zone and man that's a scary proposition for miami as well so i i think that they, again this is the ultimate problem no matter what you try and take away Jokic has three other ways to hurt you so we'll get to the zone stuff in a second um i, I i'm just not i'm not a big proponent of love i i do so what I, i'm i just not and I, i'm not of zeller either i actually and i've been on record i've i've wanted highsmith to start over caleb martin for a long time i think he will make a lot of sense and he played well against denver he has and he had reps well on Jokic where yep. Listen, he's small. And he has on Jamal Murray, so you can switch that action if you need to, like Miami's done so much in these playoffs. Yeah, I I just think that he's probably – I don't think they do it, and that's not a Spo thing to do. But I, mm. I think Highsmith makes sense for this series because of what you said, kind of the switchability. And I, I just think they want to give him different looks and different kinds of help and stuff. I mean, he's going to be the MVP. It's not like he's going to average 50, 30, and 20. You know, they're going to have other ways to do it. But he's obviously at the center – of what they do and, and they don't have a good solution for it. I do think sending late help, mixing up your timings of help, you know, you want to pick apart passes. You want to make sure that you're very, you know, keen on the uptake on all the back cuts that Denver does. Cause Denver moves as well as Miami, if not better off the ball. And I think you can kind of, I mean, really, I think if you're the heat, your win condition on defenses, we got to force turnovers and, and stuff like that. I want to ask you a question before we move on from Jokic. Do you think, 
it behooves Miami to make Jokic a scorer and be like, hey, man, you can go one-on-one with Bam. We'll send the late help, but we're not we're not focusing everything on you because we're not going to let you get in a passing rhythm and pick apart the shooters. Do you think that Miami has a bit? Because Miami does take more threes than Denver, which that yeah. actually surprised me. And in the playoffs, the Heat have up their three-point uh, attempt. So what, what would you say to something like that? I agree. I think that that's going to be exactly what happens. And I think that what they're going to try and do is say, we're going to let you score. We're going to contest your shots and we're going to do everything we can to make sure they're two point shots. And if we're going to let you get those shots off, we're going to contend. We're going to contest them as much as we can and get in your face because you have to be able to win the three against two battle. You need to score threes while Denver scores twos. I don't know how else Miami can keep up with Denver. They're just too good of an offense when they're flowing. So I think if you can shut off, uh, Jamal Murray by putting Jimmy Butler on him in high leverage situations and you can find a way to make life annoying for Michael Porter Jr. and don't give him any clean looks then all of a sudden you're in a spot where Nikola Jokic is like all right I have to go do this work and he's going to want to do it in the post so when that happens that gives Miami an opportunity to then run their own offense on the other end get their own pace into the game and try and outscore them from three I really think that's the only way to begin from Miami so I do think it's going to be make Denver make Nikola Jokic score at all costs because if you let everyone else get going there's no stopping this offense chad is saying that you're giving the heat no chance uh no chance yeah. i actually picked the heat in six because i have so much respect for spo and for and for jimmy butler i think that they're going to find a way to steal a couple but the the schematics of this Chats, yeah, Chats, are just uh, so uncomfortable with how bad it's going to be for miami in my the opinion. i i think funny enough i think that Jokic as a low post passer is much less dangerous than Jokic mm-hmm. at the elbow and Jokic at the wing. And I, I, a lot of the film, I thought Bam did a good job of pressuring Jokic at the wing. Like, pr- pressure, I mean, obviously Jokic is going to make those passes, but they kind of they kind of did a good job of pressuring at the wing. Uh, but really, I, I think when he's deep in the low post, and I do think they can they can manipulate something, but he, he, he can hit the turnaround, or, and he, could, you know, he, he has a lot of range there. I think they're almost better off kind of making him a scorer and get as you said, he's gonna want to do it in the low post, and then start mixing in some late help and stuff to throw him off a little bit. Of course, they don't have the side. I think Jimmy's gonna to have to be that help man because of how how good he is in the like forcing passes and, and stuff. I think yeah. Lowry is another guy who's really good at kind of getting steals off those kinds of situations. Of of course, he's he's very good, but I I kind of think that's their that's their best bet against him. Um, unless Bam just summons something that, you know, we haven't seen yet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, Bam's a top three defender in basketball for me. So I think that Bam has most of the skills, but once Jokic gets moving it's with momentum size for towards me. the rim, yeah, there's just nothing that Bam can do. He's just, Jokic is just too wide and too strong and has too good of touch. He can move him where he wants to, despite how absolutely dominant Bam has been at so many other moments against so many other bigs. This is an unsolvable problem for everybody in the league. This isn't just a heat problem. Like, you, you can't overcome somebody who has so many counters for you. It's why the Nuggets have waltzed their way through the Western Conference conference in so many ways let's uh let's let's shift gears a little bit to jamal murray uh and i liked what the guys on the dunker spot said shout out to nikaias and mm-hmm. steve jones where you know steve asked the question and nikaias is like well like do you do you focus your kind of defensive gearing toward jamal murray kind of be like okay jamal and, and like denver for as good as Jokic is like denver in the playoffs last season without jamal murray yeah. you know like it, it they just did not have enough Right, and I know yep. that Michael Porter is not shooting too great in this postseason. Obviously, he's a very good shooter at very good size, so you know you kind of expect him to eventually get going. But if you can, if if you're Miami and you're like, well, we can switch some of those. I mean, switching is kind of a scary proposition against Jokic, which we've talked about. But again, if you switch, then you can front and then send the help, and then again, we're talking about mixing in different looks. And but where do you stand on being like, okay, well, we're gonna make sure that. We're gonna we're gonna show bodies at Jamal. The help at the nail is gonna be swift. It's gonna be big. We're gonna we're gonna force him into some tough looks. I'd be worried if I was a Heat fan of Jamal Murray getting off ball screens from KCP and getting Duncan Robinson on him whenever he gets a chance to. Whenever there is going to be a weak link out there defensively, well, Duncan's like not Vincent. a high minute. He's not a high. He's gonna guy. have to be. They need the scoring from him. I think like you can. The bench. They'll 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 deal with Struess and Lowry. I, I think if Duncan's really? a problem, yeah. I mean, he's just he's not like a Spo favorite. And in the playoffs, of course, but again, like they're running out of guys at that point, though, right? I mean, if Kyle Lowry isn't giving you the minutes that you need, and he has one of those moments, Vincent is another times. guy. I think they have enough guards that if like the Duncan getting hunted is a problem, they can be like, okay, well, we'll we'll go with Struess. <laughs> Or we'll go with Lowry and Gabe. I mean, they've liked the Gabe Lowry backcourt or like I think their yeah. highest the most of their high minute combinations are with Struce on the floor. 
That makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do think that you're. this is going to be a big Jamal Murray series. He has to be able to bend the defense to pull some attention off of Nikola on his own, creating his own shot. Whether it's side pick and rolls with Aaron Gordon to try and create a different look and attack a non-BAM side of the floor, whatever it might be, they're going to need to find a way to get Jamal Murray going. Um, it's going to be tough, though, because I think the Miami, like you said, is going to do a lot to be able to try and limit Jamal. Because they do have enough bodies to at least put big guys on him, keep pressure on him, not allow him to get into the paint unless he's getting screens from Jokic. And then you're always going to send help to that two-man game anyway. So I do think that they're probably going to begin that way, which is like like we were talking about, defend Jokic one-on-one early on, try and cut off everything else and make Jokic the score and kind of muck up the game. And when you can do that, then you can start to control the pace. Then you can start to get out and transition off misses. And you can set your defense against a very slowed-down Denver team. So that makes a lot of sense to me from the Miami point of view. I just don't know how how easy it's going to be to limit a guy who's averaging what 27 27.7 points a game right now on 48 40 90 shooting yeah that's just an incredible difficult task i don't know if they're going to have the guys to be able to pull it off so i think bam in a drop as counterintuitive that sounds i i bet they start that way i bet either i agree i I bet caleb if they start martin I mean, he does a good job on guards because he's a little, little bit longer. I, I think the sneaky thing with, with Caleb is he's not as good on power wings, but he's yeah. really good on guards. Like, they, they use – Caleb is, like, the Steph Curry defender for Miami, right? Like, that's who they like on, on guys like that. So, I, I see Caleb kind of doing that and keep up athletically. Has Do you a, think he starts then? I, I think they start him. I, I just – I think that they just need to play their three best players. I, I think I tweeted earlier that – um. Miami's three best of of Bam, Jimmy, and um, Caleb Martin, they're like plus. I'm pulling up the the stat right now. Yeah, the three of them, they're plus 17 net rating in 251 minutes versus Jokic, Porter, and Murray, which are plus 15 in 384 Mm -hmm. minutes. So I just, they don't play the Caleb lineup. That's like their fifth most used trio behind like Struess and Gabe with the two starters. Yeah, Uh, but I think part of that was he's a reserve. You know, so I, I imagine they're going to start him just because it was so successful. And I think you just you're going to need your three best guys. They're 80. They have a 98 defensive rating with those three guys. I think that this is obviously going to be the test. Jokic has a one fucking 24 offensive rating with those other two guys. <laughs> yes. So it's really yes. high. I think that's going to be the test. But yeah, I, I think that that's kind of where you'd go if you're Miami. You kind of like, OK, well, let's let's slow Jamal. Let's show bodies. Um, I, I think they're going to be fine with a lot of Denver's off-ball movement. I think that they've been pretty good at dealing with that in the postseason, and I just think they're the Heat are going to be prepared. I think both teams are going to be prepared for stuff like that. Obviously, guys are going to break free and shit for sure, but I, I that part I'm not too worried about. The other thing, uh, TJ, is you know I think KCP is, is going to be a guy that I think is going to be pretty important for Denver yeah. because he can run yeah. action off a of handoff, some side pick and roll stuff. And again, like they're going to be, they're going to be possessions where they have Duncan Robinson out on the court with him. I'm sure that he's, you know, he's, you know, stuff like that. So that's a guy that I worry about a little bit. If I'm Miami, you know, he can shoot well. He can, he's a, he's also yeah. a very good movement shooter. He's a guy that he I is. think they're going to have, he's going to, he's going to be the beneficiary of the overloaded, kind of side of Miami's floor for Jokic and Murray. 
I agree. The other part that I, I cannot get out of my head is how are they going to be able to match up with the two wings of Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. with so much attention being given to Nicole Jokic and Jamal? One of those two is going to have some type of mismatch that they'll be able to take advantage of. I think at they're most okay if given Gordon, if Gordon is like hubbing your offense, I think they live with that. Well, he wouldn't be hubbing. It would be more of Gordon can get down and seal smaller guys or attack them if they're slower, if it's a Kevin Love. I think that they're Caleb okay with Martin that. is. You think so? I mean, that's they, a scary they, proposition. They were with Lopez doing open. it, like they did it to Lopez, and they're like, "Okay, well, yeah, you, you, you go do that. Like, you know, we'll send help. We'll be fine." Um, and they, they've done it. I mean, they did it to Lopez. I mean, and and that's like a spo thing. So they're like, "Well, if this guy's gonna beat us, fine." Like, obviously, yeah. they're you know, you have to pick a poison somewhere. I, I'd feel differently if they had PJ Tucker because I thought the I Sixers. Agree. Doc Rivers did one good thing in his life, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Keith's done a couple. I, I, I joke. Um, a couple, a couple, yeah, just a few. But I thought PJ on on Jokic was really smart because then you can send Embiid, who's a big body. Yeah. Miami doesn't have that luxury; they don't have kind of big wings. They could try, like I said, well, we don't have to revisit the Jokic stuff, but just kind of a thought. So those are kind of the matchups I I I look at the zone. TJ, so Denver very notably very good against the zone. Very I think good. They'll play the some of it when Jokic is on the floor. I don't think they'll play a lot. I think they'll show looks. Um, and I think they'll disguise it because like now, like when they full court press, well, I mean, they full court press a lot, but you know, it's like yeah. pretty obvious, like, okay, well they're, they're pressing on both sides. Like they're going to sink into the zone. I, I think that they'll kind of sneak it a couple times. May, Jokic might not see it two times in a row, but I think a lot of it they'll run with the bench. Like when Jokic sits yeah, and, and it's that's like, what I was thinking. it's like Gordon and, and Jeff green. And then you can kind of. Hey, can Duncan Robinson survive and maybe give us enough offense in these Jokic? Although Denver's plus three with Jokic on the bench, which I think is probably really huge for them. It is, but also they've played some very bad benches. Like the Suns had nothing. Yeah, the, the Lakers. And the Lakers were very, very thin. I have negative so respect the, for the Lakers. You, we, you know that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but I do think that the bench has been a positive for the playoffs so far. I do not believe it'll be that way in this series. I think the Heat are going to do everything in their power to just steal every bit of energy from that game when Jokic is not on the court and play a lot of that zone, keep everything in front of them, swarm to guys knowing that they don't have the creators off the bench and they don't have the passers in the middle of the floor. So I do think that makes a lot of sense. But also if Bruce Brown decides, I'm just going to barrel into the paint every single time, they they might be able to create offense just literally off of that. So I, I think that's going to be a very tough spot for Denver to score is off the bench. They just don't have the horses. And I wonder if they're going to do, um, if they're going to play Murray with the bench, like they have so much of this postseason. That's what I, because that's what I kind of envisioned. I do too, but I think the zone is going to hurt Murray more than almost anybody because if he's tired that of playing, be, that, that the would bench, be the target. That's when you're like, we're just going to swarm. We're going to yeah. make this as difficult as possible. So I do think that the bench is going to struggle in the series for Denver, and it's going to give the Miami Heat a chance to at least slow the game back down, make it ugly, and take back that momentum for themselves and play their style of basketball. Not not to veer into too much offense, but like yeah, and that's another reason why you know we talked with Brady about how I think attacking Jokic is important because you want to hopefully get, you know, one of his games where he's a little handsy and maybe he could pick up a foul that maybe he, he, it was ill-advised and you can keep him on the bench for five more minutes because sometimes, I mean, we saw in game six, Cody Zeller, two minutes minus seven. Sometimes that's just the game. Uh, so if, you know, if you're Miami, I think those minutes without Jokic are huge. I envision a lot of like Murray green, Gordon plus whatever second Bruce, whatever couple of second unit guys 
they have, and then Miami probably goes Jimmy. I mean, they usually sit Bam. I bet they'll sit Bam when Jokic sits, and they'll go like Jimmy. I don't know what they're going to do as their backup five. I, I pray to God it's Highsmith. Um, and I think this yeah. is actually the series where you can do Highsmith as backup Highsmith five. Highsmith makes a lot of sense. Well, because Aaron Gordon's the backup. Yeah, exactly. It's so or him or Jeff Green. I don't know work. what they qualify well, it's just, as. At that point, yeah, pick whoever you feel like calling that guy. Yeah, exactly. To me, that's like, that makes sense. It's like, okay, well, we don't have to play Zeller in love now. Uh, we, we have the out. You know, it wasn't like against Boston where yeah. you get fucking, oh, I got to play this guy against Rob Williams. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. On the foul trouble comment, and it's like the idea of Jokic getting a little handsy and trying to draw him into some dumb ones. If I'm the Heat, I am randomly throwing Kyle Lowry on Jokic. And oh, dude, that's my move, and, baby. And bothering every little bit of him as, as you can. Jokic hates being defended by smaller guys. He knows that he is not allowed to play with the same physicality, and he does anyway out of pure spite and anger and then gets mad at officials every time that it gets called. I would be playing, I'd be switching Kyle Lowry onto Jokic if he's in there with the bench at all. Flop. As do- often as I can. Maximum I want grift. all six fouls used up of Kyle Lowry if I am the Heat. And that's that. I think that's a really, really nifty way to bother Jokic and get under his skin. I don't think it'll work that great. I think the Nuggets are a little too locked in and Jokic knows that this exactly what the goal of that is. So I'm sure he'll come into this knowing that Kyle Lowry is going to try and get under his skin. But that's something I would be trying to steer into a little bit if I'm Miami. I love Lowry and everybody knows I'm the Kyle Lowry. I love, I love Kyle Lowry. I love Kyle and I think his work as a low man this season, particularly on big guys, is really good. He's very sneaky. Jokic is incredibly aware, but he's very sneaky, and he'll he'll get turnovers. He'll, he can mm-hmm. he can he can force the ball out. You know he can he's just really good. He's just you know um, he's just so good in those like kind of weird in between spots, and it's like he just kind of comes out. And sometimes- it's the savvy vet. I'm a reach anyway, knowing that you're not going to call the fo- the foul on the small guy in the post with Jokic on him. So I'm just going to bang with him, and I'm going to cause every little bit of terror that I can. I'm. I think they're going to switch a lot of that a couple times to see like what they can get. I I, I agree with you. Uh, we talked about the zone and kind of where they go with that. I think kind of Jimmy. I think it's going to be interesting where they put Jimmy. I imagine it's going to be on Aaron Gordon. I think he'll see a lot of time on Murray as well. And they're going to show Murray different defenders because Murray's a great player, so you have to show him. I believe they'll switch that some. I think if Jimmy or Highsmith – Highsmith is also like a really good kind of guy on smaller perimeter guys. I think if you put kind of Jimmy or or Highsmith on that, you're okay switching the Jokic thing because then you just kind of send the help. And again, Miami's going to be in rotation. Like we know that. Can they keep up? And we we all know the questions about that. But I I do think they're going to show kind of Murray all these kinds of bodies. I I think they'll see traps. And I think they'll try to make him so that he can't get that pocket pass to a rolling guy or a pop, but you guy. can't set that trap at the top of the key. No, you no, you, that, and you, you can't dead. send you it have early to bury either him on the side. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think that they learned their lesson. They did it. A, that's one of their bad regular season habits where they trap early at the top of the key. They've not done that. They tried it against the Knicks because I was thinking about this when I was at the gym today. Well, the Knicks, you just want them getting downhill and making. Well, not even that. that. Helps you. I was thinking, I was like, man, he really had to go through like this incredibly tough path to get to the finals. They had to play the Bucks and the Celtics, the one and two seed. And I was like, oh, and the Knicks were there. And I go, the Knicks were kind of like their first round matchup, but it happened second. Like you really yeah. think about it, 
it felt like the third play-in game that came a week and a half late. Like, it definitely didn't feel like that kind of a series. Like, it's funny. I keep removing that series when I talk about the Heat's shooting percentages because they just didn't need to shoot threes in that series, so you could almost throw it out entirely. It was the only series TJ had thought they'd win. <laughs> that was the only series I was like, no, no, we got this. Honestly, on paper, you're Knicks, a thousand percent right. the Knicks. God, I'll let Julius Randle shoot forever. This is totally fine with me. Oh God, they love man. But they, that, yeah. You going back to the zone? You cannot play it against Jokic, though. I like, think you might sprinkle it in play for a, a lot. I don't think so. I don't think I, they can play it a lot. And they're listen. They're. Did they, you look up the Nuggets numbers? I against think it's like one point, one point like one six PPP or something. Yeah, one point one six points per possession, fifty six percent from the field, oh, and forty five percent from three, with an eight point three. Their regular season zone TJ has been different than their postseason zone because they they've gone back to the wings at top because that's what okay. they did two years ago when they were the one seed. They had that, or, and even before that when they had. Derek Jones Jr., the zone, the the zone god, as as I call him, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of put those big wings at top, and really the point is to pressure the pass to the middle. Yeah. Obviously, like Denver's not the Celtics; they're not. You know, the Celtics have kind of bonehead in them. Um, you know, Denver's Denver's not like that. Arguably, Denver doesn't have as much depth as as Boston, but obviously, like yeah. at the top, you have a super, you have a you have a jiggly supercomputer that rides mm-hmm. that rides horses. And uh, the other one is the father of Deuce Tatum. <laughs> I think it's interesting, too. The Nuggets have known forever that teams are trying to stop Jokic, so the entire team has gotten significantly better at post-entry passes. They know how the to get loss a pass over The lost art, TJ, the post-entry yes, pass. It is... Michael Malone, for like four years, took every opportunity and every media availability he could to scream about how bad post-entry passes are in the NBA Why does he nowadays. not like being called Mike Mike Malone? Because his mother named him Michael, and that is the end of the conversation. Really? Okay. So it's Michael Malone. I never it's knew because he would. He, I remember one day it was just like he was. I like, asked him personally once. This he was is, very. Exactly uh, what he told me. Yeah, he was very. I I love. I like. I like Michael Malone. He's a very. Love, Malone was. He's a, a heat guy, dude. Journalism. He, God. he he has a little bit of heat culture in him. So. Jonathan Jarks was a close friend of mine. Rest in peace to one of the greatest people that's ever been in sports journalism. Absolutely phenomenal human. But I remember asking him probably four or five years ago, who Michael Malone's kind of like ultimate head coach that he could become? Like, what's the archetype he's looking to get into? Like, what is that elite level? And the first thing out of it, out of Jarks' mouth, without any hesitation, was Spolstra. He was like, that's the guy he reminds me of. And me, I can't argue with him. Gives me he vibes. does. Yeah, they, they have that toughness. They, they have that no bullshit ness about about mm-hmm. them as a team i, I actually like and the, then the hunger they both like michael Malone was working at foot locker and coaching college basketball at the same time just like spolster was working in a video room with no windows for hours on did end. you like, see they that both today had to fight for this. they put that picture of spo in the video room with <laughs> black and white and malika andrews was talking to him and spo was like i'm not that old <laughs> just because you put black and white on it doesn't mean it was spo, the 1600s. Spo, spo, like what are you doing bro that uh did you see that that spoke quote today and they asked him about the altitude and he's like we could tip this off from Everest. I'm down. I was like, yo, suppose about that action, bro. I had Solomon Hill on the podcast like two weeks ago. Heat legend Solomon Hill. And I yeah. asked, I go, I go, Solomon, who who's the craziest guy on the team? And he goes, Oh, that's it's Spo. I'm like, Spo? Yeah. He's like, no, not no doubt. He's like, You think Jimmy's wild? He's like, you don't know like what Spo's like. He's a, he's about that. Yeah. And that's exactly how Malone is, too. I'll never forget Malone being like, you know what? If we're really going to want to defend and I'm going to yell about you not defending well, I'll just defend in practice. And he went out there and was like, come on, Jamal, and got in a, got in a defensive stance and bodied him up a little bit. Like, these guys both know what it takes, and they're about the shit. They got a little, they got a little crazy in them. 
you'd have to have a little crazy in you. I mean, both these guys are in the finals now because they got a little crazy in them. That absolutely. Um, TJ, I want to kind of ask you some some kind of other things about Denver and, and what are examples that you've seen where teams have been most successful in defending Denver? What what do you? Because I mean, obviously the Lakers, you know, Anthony Davis is a special kind of guy. Eventually, Jokic was able to solve that. It didn't oh, yeah. look great, and I know that they. I mean, some of those games in Denver were were pretty close to to a team that it's not that good, but obviously Anthony Davis and LeBron James are Anthony Davis and LeBron James. What are you know? What are some teams or some schemes that you would be like, huh? That was kind of pretty effective against against Denver, and then we can kind of get to like how Miami can best try to replicate that. Well, my answer is going to sound kind of stupid because it kind of feels that way. But the people who give Jokic the most trouble are not the uber athletes. They are not the guys who sky for blocks and can Chuck Hayes. It's the Nikola Vucevic. It's the Jonas Valanciunas of the world. Guys who just take up real estate and that Jokic has a more difficult time moving, which is just not something you see every Do day. Do we need to NBA. call They're back not enough guys? Yes. Like, that's the kind of thing. Like, do you remember Dwight Howard just like, literally swatted at him over and over again like a cat playing with a toy that like that's so all that he did in that lakers series because the nuggets and the Kola Jokic, they had the most trouble when they couldn't carve out their own space and i just don't think there's anybody on this heat team who can do that like we've seen bam Adebayo, despite how great he is not be able to just hold his own in a physical contest of strength with Nikola Jokic down low it's just and nobody can again there's like three people who are big enough and strong enough to even hold their own in that space with them. So I think that's been, at least in my opinion, the the kind of guy that gives Jokic the most trouble. My chat. And also, I bet you they're all Eastern European, so he's just giving them a little bit extra. He's like, bit. you know what? Except We're for good. Dwight. Well, uh, Dwight Honorary. Oh, God. Uh, no, no, he is Chad not. saying, wait a second. Chat saying, is that Omer Yurtseven's music? <laughs> yes, it is. It's time to get Yurt. Are we dusting off Yurt? And that's why the Zeller conversations come up. Can we just get a guy to like no. throw their chest into Jokic's back as violently as they can? Bro, that again, a, it's not gonna help. Did you see that possession bodies? where they they're defending a a I think it's a a Tatum or a Jalen Brown, so one of the wings, and uh, and Rob Williams pick and roll, and it's Jimmy and Zeller in the action, and Jimmy, you know, so the screen does not get rejected, and I think Zeller thought the screen was gonna get rejected. <laughs> But he stands on the opposite side of where the play's happening, and it almost looks like he's setting a stagger on the other side. <laughs> he's like, like flaring for his op- bro, for the what opposite are you doing? team. I'm just, I, yeah. I like I, Cody I, Zeller. Again, I, I just, agree with you. It's just, it's a, it's a cool world. I, yeah, I, like Mason Plumley in practice did a damn good job defending Nicole just because he attacked him in terms of like, I'm just gonna put a body into you no matter how many fouls get drawn up. I'm like shocked that, that those are the kind of players. has not been a Heat player. I'm just shocked. Yeah, it's it's a good point actually. It's smart, like, strong, and tough, and, and that's from Duke. all they really have. And from Duke. Yeah, and from Duke. <laughs> well, now they've changed. It used to be Duke guys. Now it's Kentucky guys. I think Winslow was <sighs> the last justice. Shout out to Justice. Uh, I still have a lot of love, Justice. Winslow. Oh, bro, we are we are the Justice Winslow apologist podcast. We coined... they should have just made him a point guard. You kept trying to make him. We an OG we were saying he's a point guard. When Nikias was on Heapy, we were trying to make Justice just just. Yeah, Nikias and I thing. have always had our love for Nikias together. I are uh, for uh, for Justice Winslow. The together. screen There's, navigation yeah. at his size. I mean, yeah. come on, man. Oh, I you know I'm with you. On I, this I love that guy, man. He's but also I'm a sucker for big guards who handle the ball well and are smart and can't 
can't shoot a lick. I don't know why I've always been this way, but that's that's my MVP you know type. he has. We we were joking that in the last series, like Bam had Winslow touch because Winslow had. <laughs> we always used to joke that if you do, like, do, do you know what Winslow touch means in Denver? Because he had a pre-draft workout here, and because that draft workout was so bad, and media is not allowed to see most of pre-draft workouts in Denver anymore. He missed like seventeen of twenty. I shots believe it. I watched. I watched it, it live. Like, yeah, it, it's infamous in like Denver media who were around back then when he was in the draft or in the pre-draft process. He was one of the worst touches that I've seen, other than like Deonta Davis. We used to joke that if you were to combine Justice Winslow's brain with Hassan Whiteside's touch, you'd have like the best basketball player who ever lived. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, we get Hassan I, I, Whiteside to defend? That's a guy who eats up real estate. Uh, that's, that's another one. But again, he's so jumpy that Jokic can do whatever he wants with him anyway. Uh, like, you need guys who are ground bound and can't jump Kendrick out of Perkins. <laughs> he's never been in You remember when they before, would get so. Kendrick Perkins to like he was a Dwight stopper? Yep. Really and he'd nice. average four points and foul out in twelve minutes. Yeah. He went around the league as a Dwight stopper because he went west when why. the Lakers got Dwight. Yeah, and how did that work out? Well, it didn't work out great well, for the Lakers, they, but they, it wasn't exactly like Kendrick Perkins at all. Did they make the finals with Perkins? Was he they on that did, but I, he drug along. He was, he was just there for the ride. He was just there for the ride. He was just there for the ride. <sighs> TJ, I'd ask you for your pick, uh, cause, but I, I think I think I, you already said you have Denver in six. and Yeah, two Denver in six. Two games out of respect. You know, I think if Miami can somehow, some way, take one on the road, come home for a 1-1 series, I think we'd all be happy. Yeah, and and the one thing we didn't talk about as a battleground is whoever wins the turnover battle is going to have a very big edge in this game. I think that's going to be – and that's why why I I, I talk so much about late help and early help. I I mean, you if you're Miami, your best defense, not even just to help your offense because, you know, I I think their offense is going to be mostly fine. We talked – at length about mm-hmm. that yesterday but i just think that you have to find ways to take possessions away from denver because yeah. they are so good on offense that the the only the best way to stop it is to prevent it from ever starting yep. you and know? you can't crash the offensive class to do it denver will beat you and transition the other way and they have yeah no but rebounders I, and miami exercised. has not been a team that does that and they defensive yeah. rebound pretty well and i don't that was i don't know about you i did not see rebounding as a problem in the film even though i you, don't i don't i think, I think it's, it's actually an pretty evenly even. like, matched rebounding battle between the two teams yeah i totally agree surprisingly um <laughs> no yeah you know you think you know the, the heat are small but they defensive rebound really well they well they gang rebound really well it's typical heat culture stuff like they just attack and they do a damn good job of it Ty, you know tyler was one of their better rebounders and kind of him being out i thought would affect them on that end a bit because he just him and lowry just fucking get in there but you know they, yeah. they've been able to survive without him tyler may or may not be back game three as chris haynes reported <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt. I we'll know see. that we talked about this a little bit. Maybe yeah, we can veer into this. this. I, I just don't think he'll have much of a role if he's healthy. And I think he'll play like some spot minutes. He'll be like a relief pitcher for them where he could play a little bit of offense. And I think they can use a little bit of his handling. I, I, I think they'll try to manage having one of him or the other weaker. I really think the weak defenders on this. I, I don't think Max is a weak defender. I think he's like, okay. I don't either. He's fine. And he has the size to make up. For he's him. a he, good team defender. He's athletic. Yeah. He's like, he's, you know, he, he can get up. I think Duncan for sure. I think Tyler and I think Zeller and Love are, are the problems. And I think if you eliminate the centers from the rotation and you play Highsmith, I think you can sneak either one of Tyler or Duncan on in lineups without Max. And I think you can survive enough 
for for stretches for stretches you know mm-hmm. like you know obviously like i don't think tyler's gonna come back parachute out of the sky and play 35 minutes in the finals i think it's Denver gonna be, be like static a, yeah i mean it's gonna be like hey can you give us 10 minutes seven minutes can you give us a little bit of ball handling if kyle and gabe are in foul trouble or if gabe's ankle swelling you know stuff like that I can't wait to watch this series. I just can't wait to see the chess battle because this is two of the best coaches in basketball. And it's two of the situ- it's two schematic moves that we're not going to know that are coming. I can't wait to see what they come up with. I can't wait to see the counter punches in the chess match. That's going to be the most fun in the series, in my opinion. I'm excited. I mean, it, it's a it's it's a Hooper series. Yeah, um, yeah. This is real, the, like, real ones. Real know. nerds love this series. This is like the dunker spot special. Nikaias and Steve were excited. You and me are excited. Man, shout out Steve, by the way. Every like Nikaias deserves every flower that he's gotten, but Steve does. Steve damn is good steady. Work over there, Steve man. is like Steve. Steve is the Steve is the the Mikhail Bridges. No, that, that, that's insulting. I, that's who's better than Mikhail Bridges. He's like uh, Nikaias gets all the stardom, but who's like a guy who? He's he, the Clay Thompson. He, he's he the does Clay what Thompson, he needs dude. To do. So, you know, and he does po- it damn well. You know, Nikaias may be the host, but without 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 Steve, there's no. Steve's hilarious. Shout out to Steve, man. Steve picked the great. heat. Really? Picked the heat in six. That's that is an Nikaias incredible. Nikaias picked, picked wow. Denver in seven. Yeah, I get that. I I get knowing that the Nuggets are going to get tested in this one. This is going to be the hardest series the Nuggets have had all playoffs. And that's and that's what Michael Malone was saying. He's like, mm-hmm. this isn't easy. This is going to be the hardest shit you've ever done in your life. That was Greg Popovich shit. Oh yeah, well you know he's a pop. Uh, is he a pop guy? Ways. Pop called. I think it was Cleveland to tell him. Uh, to tell them that Michael Malone's a damn good head coach and this guy's always in the gym doing his work. Like, hire this guy. And they didn't really know each other. And Pop helped Malone stay in this league as a coach. That's awesome. And they're very, very close. So, yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I For sure. Has he won a coach of the year? No. He hasn't even close. I think he was third once, like 16, 17. I don't know if Spoh's ever gotten a second-place finish. I know he's gone third twice. It's insane to me that Spoh's never won. That is like I think Malone's a damn good head coach. I think Spoh the love affair with Monty Williams was ridiculous over Spo that yeah. year. They were the yeah. one seed, and I think the the year to be honest with you, the year that he went thirty and eleven to close the season with Dion Waiters and James Johnson. I think <laughs> Dion his, Waiters, man, dude, I, I love me Dion was Dion. pulling up with the logo <laughs> and beating the seventy two and Warriors, yes. seventy three with yes. Warriors. Come on, man. Um, I, love, I love it. I love it. Thank you, TJ, so much. Hire this man. Mm-hmm. As you know, he knows a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Chat hates you, though. My chat. That's okay. You. That's okay. They say they are. Uh, Mo Samba said uh, Denver really needs some humbling. They're riding high. They sent the Marcus <laughs> Camby meme. Too much Denver oh, hype. You can't use the Marcus Camby meme against the Nuggets. That's not how this works. Oh, that's how it rolls, baby. Shout out to Heat <laughs> Twitter. Shout out to Heat Nation. Shout no, out to honestly, TJ McBride, man. It's pleasure talking to you. you. Hope to have you on again. Hope it's a fun series and we have more to talk about. Where can people find you on Twitter so that they can hire you to cover basketball? Yes, come find me at TJ McBride MBA. You can find my email in there. My DMs are open. Come give me money to cover hoops. It's what I do. It's what I'm best at, and I want to keep doing it. I'm ready to go. Find me at GNavis103, uh, making excuses for Kyle Lowry and making fun of Joel Embiid. We Love will it. see you tomorrow <laughs> for pregaming at 8 Thank p.m. You. right here on twitch.tv slash Miami Heatbeat. Check us out our pregame show. Myself, Frankie G, and Coach Lou break down the series on our pregame show. And then, of course, after every 
Heat game. We have the Hangover Time postgame show hosted by Alf, Tiff, Brass, and the crew. Make sure to check out all the offerings over there and, of course, our pods on off nights. Check out all that stuff, our game day coverage. Back in the NBA Finals, 10 years of Miami Heat beat, and we get to cover the finals again. I am so blessed and honored. Thank you to our audience and our guests, and we'll see you 8 p.m. Love you, chat. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.